2: and everyone, and welcome to another fine episode of Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. I am the old man himself, Mr. Van Helsing. With me, my co hosts, The Blonde Bomb Show, and Runway Kerrigan. Well, good
3: evening. Yeah,
2: I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You're Mr. Van Helsing now?
2: <laughs> Mr. Well, it could be Lord, because you know I am a Lord as well, so.
3: Oh, well.
2: Lord, I do have, have titles. I do have titles, so <laughs> title me that.
3: Well, pardon me, Mr. Fancy Pants.
2: Excuse me?
3: That's fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs>
2: so, so, what are you even uh, up to? I was going to ask you that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm.
3: Well, after my trip to Arizona, all I've been doing is work, 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 and more work.
2: Yeah, like you really work. It's like That's the craziest cr- job I've ever seen.
3: They just but, pay me to
2: sit there. Yeah, exactly. I used to do that, remember? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'd like to think i do a little bit more than that, or there wouldn't be anything playing on our uh, on our TV channel, yeah, in, yeah, uh, I, East Bridgewater here. But anyways, <laughs> mm-hmm. somebody's doing it.
2: So anyways, if anybody wants to join us, they can join us in the TojiNet chat room, or they can join us live and also on our nifty, trifty... Facebook page, which is
3: yes, they can. Ghost Chronicles Dash Next Generation. Ooh. Go on and like us. I noticed that three more people liked us just this afternoon. Really? So yes,
2: yes. So, Even if you don't like us, you can pretend you like us and just click the likey button. That's
3: right. That we like you, like us, and. Uh... If, if you're shy, you don't want to get in the chat room and get involved with all that, and you want to ask us a question, you can just go on our Facebook page and like us and ask us a question, and I will monitor it all night. You will. And, uh, yeah, I will. I'm on top of this.
2: Excellent. Right on top of it.
3: Excellent. Yes, I
2: yeah. think so. I do want to mention uh, we do have some things come up in lost weekend I went and I addressed the uh the general membership of the boards of of uh the Friends of Wood Island Lighthouse and it, that was the largest meeting general meeting they ever had. Awesome. So I was Excellent. I was happy. And even, even you know, even the uh the uh, Brad who is the uh the chair of the uh, uh group came up to me and after afterwards and he said, You know Ron he says I don't believe in all this crap. <laughs> well, <laughs> a little nicer than that but <laughs> but he says it was very entertaining <laughs>
3: oh well i well yeah
2: so there I you guess you have
3: to take it you know when you can get it
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it, but I mean, it was good and i got to visit wood island again which is always great uh i found one of the foundations uh that was uh, one of the buildings that was on the island at one time so that was kind of neat a house that was up there so it was it was all good so mm-hmm. anyway excellent but you know, I actually found this. You know, I mean, a lot of people wondering, you know, what are the rules for ghost hunting? The rules? Yeah. Oh. And actually, there are rules for men and women.
3: Oh really? Enlighten me. Enlighten okay. me, Lord Van
2: Helsing. Okay. So um, this is not according to me. So don't. don't oh, okay. Don't get okay. your pointed shoes aimed at me yet.
3: Oh, we uh, really won't shoot the messenger. Yeah. So yeah, anyways.
2: Yeah. Speaking Let's... of shoes, that is actually the number one rule for uh, ghost hunting for women. Uh, you should always wear good, solid shoes. Okay. No stilettos. Like what? No stilettos. No stilettos? Whatever. No crocs. <laughs> no cha-chas. No bumps. Okay. No high heels.
3: I will leave those home next time I ghost hunt. Yes, I will. Well, there you go. That's right.
2: And then, of course, number two is uh, make sure you wear clean underwear.
3: <laughs> in case?
2: I am not even going to go there.
3: In case of?
2: I have no clue. In case I you
3: know, get run me. over by a ghost and
2: you uh, need clean underwear. If, if you like that one, you're going to love the next one. Okay. Never ghost hunt when you have a <clears throat> time of the month. Oh, gross. <laughs> I'm not making these up, my friend. These are uh, up, yeah. That's just uncalled for, uh, totally. Uh these are the rules. I'm not well,
3: I dis I ban that rule.
2: Never number four. Never wear dangling earrings. Okay. Now the same goes for uh other piercings. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay.
2: Uh it's that electro
3: it's the electromagnetic force, right? You know, uh, it makes them fly around.
2: Something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Never, never uh, leave your infant at home if you're a new mother.
3: Okay. I have no clue.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh you sure
3: this is ghost hunting roles?
2: Oh, wait a minute. That is leave your infant at home. Now I get oh. it. Okay. Oh, okay. Now All it right. makes sense. All right. If right. you're a new mother, leave your infant at home. You oh, know please. I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As Mike can kind of testify, that kind of interferes with the uh, EVPs.
3: Uh, it might,
2: yeah. A uh-huh. Preaching
3: child, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Never bring your uh, pets with you, unless, of course, they're specifically trained for ghost hunting.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another good one.
2: Good. Yeah, I, I, you know, I really thought that was good. <laughs> of course, never bring nursing kittens, puttin', puppies, or pregnant pets to a ghost hunt. I don't know okay. why, but I have uh-huh. no clue.
3: Uh-huh. They might get in the way.
2: Okay, number seven. Never Peasant. trust Yep.
3: I thought we were way beyond seven. No, no. Keep Aren't up. we up to, like, 13?
2: No, I don't think so. No? Number, okay. Number seven, never okay. dress like a tramp or a haunted hoe. <laughs> and always wear okay. solid-colored under- underwear.
3: Solid-colored underwear.
2: No halter tops, mini skirts, hot pants, Daisy Dukes.
3: <laughs> you don't want to turn the ghosts on, right?
2: Evidently, pro- provocative attire... Attracts ghosts, spirits and even demons that might possess you and use you.
3: Oh I don't what abuse you. Okay. Whatever. No trollops on the ghost hunter. Evidently. Mm-hmm. All this right. More, well but more. don't you want to attract the ghosts?
2: I don't know. I mean I do, but that's that's me.
3: Yeah. Okay. Number
2: eight, never bring a personal firearms with you. I can see that for so uh, many reasons. Okay. <laughs> Knowing All my right. personality and women, yeah, that's a good idea. Women should not bring personal firearms when they're working with me. Uh,
3: I would agree with that.
2: Okay.
3: Uh, <laughs> personal we must hy- be up to Rule 20 by now.
2: Number nine, personal hygiene is important. Uh, always. <laughs> Please. Please. I'm going right over that one. And Everybody with a deodorant to the 10. investigation. And Please. number 10, of course, Please. never goes to when we are pregnant, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to post those on the, uh, the our page. What's our oh,
3: page?
2: page? Okay. Our ghost gross. It is pretty gross right now.
3: <laughs> okay. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. These are rules for women? Yeah, women. What are the rules for men?
2: Uh, you'll have to go to our page to uh, look at those. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: I know what the rules for men are. Hey, nope. guys, show up. No. Nope. Right? no, nope, nope. That's their rule.
2: No. Nope. So I, I am going onto the page as we speak. Really? Yeah. And uh, I will post those personally. Okay. So, anyway. So who do we have on the show tonight, Ann? Anyways.
3: Oh, my goodness. We have one of our favorite people.
2: Jer- do? Jer- Jeremy Jeremy
3: Dantremont.
2: Oh, I thought it was Obama.
3: No. <laughs> Well, I don't know if he would want to be on our show, but, you know, hey, why not? If he's had a little paranormal experience, why not? I'm sure. But we're going to talk about something better than anything Obama could talk about.
2: Really? Right. Okay, so I have have posted that on our, uh, whatever whatever page that is. All right. The uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. All right.
3: I and, have to go check it out right now.
2: And you can go check that out and 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 actually read about these because they go in a little bit more in depth than I did. And, cool. Uh, and they also have the ten things for men too. Uh,
3: so. Well, thank God. Uh, yeah. I'm told rules of real ghost hunting folks.
2: And speaking of real men, why don't we bring our guest on? Aha. Uh-huh. He is a author. He is a uh, historian. He is a lighthouse guy. And he is a ruggedly handsome-looking
0: man, Mr. Oh, wow. Jeremy Dodgermont. Wow! <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Hi, guys. How you doing?
3: Wow! Hi, Yeah. How are wow. You, Jeremy? Well, I
0: was right, that boy. Was, and, and I was about to what? say how that Ron was even sillier than usual tonight. tonight. And now I, I'll have to hold that comment and just thank him for the compliment. <laughs>
2: What do you mean by silly? I, I didn't make those up if I made those up I mean, you could preferably say that. I am <laughs> you know, a reporter. I am just reporting what's out there.
0: Right, as you were reading them, I was wondering where you could have possibly got something like that, so I actually Googled and found where you where you got them.
2: Yeah, they're on our website, so you don't have to Google them. you can just go to okay. the Chronicles okay. next generation they're really uh-huh. you know, just click on it and they're there for you it's
0: kind yeah. of frightening. I, I found that they're, they were written originally by a woman named Lisa Lee Harpois. Do you know who she is by any chance?
2: That's the historian he is. He's already looking. He's always doing the research yeah. into this thing already. Well,
0: yeah. How, how could I, I had to know more about this? It was just <laughs>
2: kind of too intriguing, kind of strange,
0: it? but uh, yeah, intriguing is a nice word for it. But anyway, <laughs>
2: let's,
0: let's move on. Yeah, please, please,
2: quickly. So, so <laughs> Jeremy yeah. and I are uh, we we know each other uh, fairly well and it has nothing about it to do with his rugged looks either. Uh oh well. But uh. Uh, we we are we we are both on the board of well, used to be on the board <laughs> of the Friends of Port. You
0: Lighthouse. Uh, but we you make we that won't. sound like I did something wrong and no. I know, not uh, I know. I could just drop that like a bombshell and I'd be right and it still comes out looking bad, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a different role now, but still is there that. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: any, anyways, and also um oh, he is also my partner in crime in the X Trek Paranormal Journeys.
0: Yes. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed,
2: yeah. we have an exciting one coming up, actually. I was just going to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just a week from this Saturday night, uh, a, not just a pirate cruise and not just a goat, ghost cruise, not a goat cruise either. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh God, I hope not.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I'm afraid we're going to get really silly and I'm not going to be able to stop laughing. But anyway, <laughs> um, we're going to have a pirate ghost cruise. Uh, from Rockport, Massachusetts. That's right. On uh, Saturday, August twentieth, mm-hmm. and people can read all about it at uh, if they go to Tours dot com and click on the line that says Xtrex Paranormal Journeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be really, really fun. We're actually going out on, on the only uh, tall ship in. America, I believe it is, that that's pretty only, much... Uh, only square rigged pirate ship on the East Coast. Only square-rig pirate, there you go. Only square rigged pirate, the pirate ship. The formable. The formable. The formable. That's oh, easy that was, for you to say. Yeah, not really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Captain Russ Trider and his motley crew, uh, they dress as pirates, and it's just a really neat ship. If you go to um, to our that uh, website, New England Lighthouse Tours, click on Xtrek's Paranormal Journeys, you can see uh-huh. a ph- photo of the ship. Or uh-huh. they connect... Or,
2: or they could actually join our uh, our uh, fan page for X Trek Paranormal Journeys.
0: This is true. Yep. We're we're no. yep. Yeah, which is yeah, So you can see that. But yeah.
2: did, did you know that Anne was a pa- pirate?
0: <laughs> really? <There> <laughs> were, <laughs> are, in a past life or currently?
2: No, <laughs> currently there are pictures. There are pictures of her on the internet, and I have seen them. I yes. have seen them, and hmm. she is in yeah. her pirate gob. Uh, yes. Oh. So many spirits are
0: Can you speak pirate, and still
2: said it was arg. There you
0: go.
3: There you go. <laughs> See? The international pirate language. Exactly.
0: Arg. So I just saw, I, I sometimes post signs on, on Facebook just for fun, so, you know, funny signs that I, I, I find amusing. That.
3: Yes, I did. And I
0: posted one just a couple of days ago that said it was on a church, you know, like marquee outside a church. And it said, to err is human, to r er is pirate.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but a I thought it was good. Yes, I think I think did Ron just just faint from from uh, from laughing from that? thousands
3: of laughter.
0: He's picking
3: uh-huh. himself up off the floor.
0: Okay.
2: <laughs> I, I want to say lo- hello to all our people in the chat room, including Cal Cooper, who's listening from all the way from the UK. Cal is a parapsychologist is actually coming over here around. Uh, Halloween, and uh, along with Brian, Chef the Psychic Goddess. So we're really excited about that. So, hi Cal, and hi the Cal. rest, of the, and the rest of the uh,
3: Chatterers.
2: People who have nothing else to do in the chat room.
3: That's nice. They love us, don't well, you guys? Don't you love us? Whatever. I know they love us. Well, they love me.
2: Okay, here you go. <laughs> You've got
0: all the and It's you know, a love-hate kind of thing. Nice. No, kidding, yeah. <laughs> uh, <Leslie>. So, anyways.
3: <laughs> Leslie says hello. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: So, anyway, um, and why were you dressed up as a pirate?
3: <laughs> I was dressed up as a pirate for the Jimmy Buffett concert.
2: Oh, you're a pirate um, Come on.
3: Doesn't oh. everybody dress up like that to go see Jimmy Buffett? I saw quite a few pirates that. I mean, I've
2: dressed up a couple times this Saturday night, but that's, you know, just Oh yeah.
3: Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was a pirate for the day. Erg, Erg Meaty. I took, I got my picture taken with many, 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 many people. <laughs> you I should, could be, I, I don't even know where my picture could be these days,
2: so, you know. You should okay. come with us on our cruise, then.
3: I know, yeah. I know. I have a fabulous face painting gig that day, though, so
2: uh-huh.
3: I don't know. I'd love to.
2: Actually, Ben Helsing will be dressed up as a pirate that night. Ooh! Really? Wow! Oh yeah.
3: Hey, what time does the cruise leave?
0: <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs>
2: 7, nice. PM.
0: Seven, 7, 7, PM. Seven p.m. Seven p.m. Seven well, nine thirty.
3: Maybe if I can um, summon enough energy after my five-hour face painting gig, I will pour myself into the car and drive to Rockport. Maybe
0: I'll you make you walk the plank. You could paint a few scars on the pirate faces.
3: There Please. you go. Look, I could earn my way. Right? Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll make you walk the plank.
3: No, I bet you will.
2: <laughs> but anyways, we're not here to talk about pirates. We're not here to talk about whatever I talked about before. Uh, we are here to talk with Jeremy, uh, who has written a new book on one of perhaps the most interesting subjects and in, probably the most misunderstood subjects in New England, and as the legend, and I said legend, of Ocean Born Mary. Yes.
3: Ooh. I have yeah. never heard this legend.
2: Really? What? I haven't. You better not dress up as a pirate again if you don't know this one.
3: Okay, well, you know, I think you, you need... I'm sure there's more people than just me who have never heard this. I bet everybody needs to hear
2: the legend. It, it's probably the most uh, notorious folklore story in New England. Really?
0: It's up there. It's up there for sure. Wow. It's one I have uh, i first heard about in, the I'd say, the late 60s. Mm-hmm. And that's that's uh, a friend of mine at the time. Uh, I grew up in Lynn, Mass., Lynn, Lynn, City of Sin. Mm-hmm. You never come out the way you went in. Right. Sure. <laughs> and uh, a good friend of mine uh, as a kid, my friend Keith, uh, I remember tell- he, he was, we were both into, into ghost stories at that time and UFOs and all kinds of, you know, fun stuff. And I remember um, him telling me that he had visited the Ocean Born Mary House in Hanneker, New Hampshire with his family. Uh, and he was pretty excited about it. and He told me that it was a haunted house. And uh, and I remember he actually told me that a, a friend of his mother's took a picture of the house and got a, a picture. And in her picture, you could see a ghostly woman looking out of an upstairs window when nobody was actually there. I never saw that photo, as far as I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. And I, my friend, uh, uh, my, Keith, who I was just talking about has since passed away, but I've been in touch with his sister recently, and she remembers it well, and she thinks she has that picture somewhere, and she's hoping she can dig it up, but she hasn't so far. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, she remembers it well, too. So that, that's when I first heard about it. So I, I first heard about it as a ghost story. It is known by a lot of people as a ghost story, but it's not. it didn't start as a ghost story. The ghost oh. part of it kind of came about later. Mm-hmm. So should I back up and maybe tell you the original legend where, where everything else kind uh, of you know, grows out of the, uh, the legend that goes back uh, to the 1700s? Well, actually, um, Oceanborn Mary
2: is in my new book, Goes Today. Uh-huh. And, and now I know you've done a lot of research on this, so I'm going to read my story. Okay. How long is it? Ooh, I don't know if I can... Could... Okay. I'm going to read my story, and you're going to critique
0: it. Uh-oh. okay. You asked for it. Remember, you asked, you asked for it. Okay. Okay. All right.
2: February 15th, 1814.
3: I have a date. Mm-hmm.
2: Ocean Born Mary is one of the most famous ghost stories in New-, New Hampshire. It is so legendary that it's hard to separate the facts from the fiction. So far, so good?
0: Yes, excellent. What like we, What we know is that Mary
2: was born at sea. Her mother, Elizabeth Bolton, and her father husband which we never know the name of the husband by the way sure were immig- we okay go ahead. here we go, go ahead. <laughs> we're, Im- we're immigrating Jeremy does. To- <laughs> yeah, evidently we're immigrating to america from ireland when pirates did i say pirates yes i did Arr. pirates <laughs> off the new england coast intercepted and boarded the ship when the pirate captain heard the cry of a baby his gruff demeanor softened and he told all on board they would spare their life if they would name the baby after his own mother, Mary, Aww. El- Mary Elizabeth. Arr. Agreed. <laughs> and uh, the legend of Oceanborn Mary was born. The pirate captain also gave Mary uh, a gift, a bolt. A bolt is like a, uh, a big uh, thing of uh, light green brocade silk fabric to be used in her wedding gown. When the pirates released, then the pirates released the ship.
0: I don't read very well, as you can tell. <laughs> I write okay, but... Okay, I won't critique your reading, though. So, All <laughs> right, so, I mean, we, we only get
2: another paragraph, so bear with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. The father died shortly thereafter, and Mary and her mother moved to Hennica, New Hampshire, by the way. In uh, 1742, Mary, now a beautiful, tall, red-headed woman, married James Wallace and she wore a dress of green silk. After living a full life with James and their children, Mary passed away in 1814 at the ripe old age of 94. In 1917, a man by the name of Louis Roy purchased the famous Ocean Barn Mary House. However, contrary to to the legend, she had never lived in it. Roy, trying to turn a profit, charged a fee to dig in his backyard for alleged buried treasure. Renowned paranormal investigators, Hans Holzer and and, uh, Lorraine Warren, have all claimed that the house is haunted, but that's not what the current owner said. He has gone all out to prove that this was not at all, that that this was all a hoax. According to him, there was no ghost of Ocean Barnbury. However, there are many credible reports of a tall, red-headed apparition seen in the area looking out the window of the Ocean Barnberry House. And it seems legend have make, has taken on a life of its own. So that's my little clip from my book, Ghost Today. So um, okay. if you read what I wrote, critique it. Okay.
3: Let's All see. Right.
0: O- overall, I would say that's about a maybe a B.
3: <laughs> 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 wow.
0: That's that's pretty good I think. No, most <laughs> most of what you just said is is true. Okay.
3: Um, most?
0: <laughs> yeah, mo- most of it. I okay. would I, I would quibble with with some of the details. That's good. Um, yeah. Um I mean
2: you wrote a whole book on it. I wrote two paragraphs. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know yeah. what those poems No what are. you
0: wrote is much much better and more accurate than most of what's been written about Oceanborn Mary for many years. It, the story appears in Tons of books. You know, you find any any like anthology of of New England ghost stories or New England legends. You'll almost definitely see Ocean Born Mary. And basically, you mentioned you said Lewis Roy. He was he, that was his real first name, but he ever, his middle name was August, and he went by Gus or Gussie. Everybody knew him as Gussie Roy. And it was really his. He promoted a totally fictional version of the story, and he kind of elaborated, you know, more. More and more, embellished it more and more over, over the years, and it's his version of the story that appears in most of these books. Uh-huh. Um, so most of what you just said, Ron, is actually goes back to the original story before his embellishment. So I give you a lot of credit for that. So that's a very good job. Good job. Woo-hoo. Okay. Maybe even maybe even a B plus. I'll give you a B plus.
2: All right, there you go. You, <laughs> okay. just, you just wow. didn't like it because it was okay. so good.
3: Yeah.
2: All the time. Okay. So, I but, mean, um, mm-hmm. I mean, you you've written a whole book on this. So, I mean, was did, did Oceanborn Mary really
0: exist? She absolutely, positively, really existed. What? There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and she did come over uh, from the northern part of Ireland. Actually, she was Scottish, though. Her parents were Scottish. They were part of the uh, big immigration of. Many thousands of um, what were called Ulster Scots around that time, or Irish, or sometimes called Scots-Irish or Scotch-Irish, but they were really Scottish that had moved into the northern part of Ireland. Okay. And, and like in the 1700s, about 200,000 of those people, the Ulster Scots, came to New England. It's a, it's a, that, you know, it, there are a lot of things I learned from uh, researching and writing, writing this book, and that's one of them I really knew next to nothing about that before. But that was a really important immigration and uh, it's been said that as many as 2.7 million Americans have some Ulster Scots heritage.
2: Some, uh, you know. Wow! That's a wow! Yeah. And I think we have a, a message in the uh, the question actually in the in the chat room. So maybe we should address that because that's a good time for the break right right there where you just talked about the heritage, right? Okay. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: What's the question <laughs> in the chat room? We
3: have a question um, from Karen.
2: Yes. Maybe maybe from Mary. Karen, woman Washington or w Karen whatever that is, I don't
3: know right um, maybe Mary just doesn't want to show herself to the current owner is that the question you're referring to that was the
0: question okay so that's the question um well, maybe, but you know um as uh, maybe we'll get a little more into a little more detail about this again, Mary never lived in that house so um, do, you want to address that little, do you want to address that a little later sure, okay, I mean yeah uh. You know, I, I, people who know me and Ron, you know me and Ann. You you know that I have an open mind on the paranormal, so I'm not saying I don't believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. But what I am saying, and maybe we can talk about this in some more detail, um, you know, is that in this case, most of what people have heard about the house being haunted was made up by by Gussie Roy. Ah. Yeah.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, then that that I guess that answers the question, <laughs> maybe.
2: Maybe. <laughs> but we, we're, we're going gonna to go and address that. We'll go back on that because I do want to talk a little bit about the ghost after okay. Jeremy gets uh, done poo-pooing it. Uh, go ahead.
3: I think I hear the music for a break. You know, it can't be. I do. I hear it.
2: Oh, my God. Here it is. All right. You is. are listening to the Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation with Anna and Ron, and we will be t- on To-Ginette, uh Ghost Channel and Beyond, and we will... Uh, speaking with uh, Jeremy Donchermont and yada yada yaddy, we'll be right back after the
1: following messages Welcome to Talking Net radio with a cutting edge Ladies and gentlemen it's time for you to be a rock star Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswald and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry Every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Bootcamps, Camps, check out the website, CraigDoswald, D-U-S-W-A-L-T.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Doswald, Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central, on TuggyNet.com.
3: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our guest Jeremy Jeremy Dontremont from Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. Uh, author. And we're, I'm sorry. He's an author. And he's an author, and we are talking about Ocean Born Mary. Yes. Okay.
2: So we we agree that uh, she came over, she was Scottish, but she came from Ireland, and she
0: was on a boat, and that's where we left off. Okay. Yep. And your description of what happened on the ship is probably pretty accurate, Ron. Of course, you know, nobody around today was actually there, so some of the details are hard to pin down. Okay. But it appears that what happened was um, some versions of the story say that she was actually born basically when the pirates boarded the ship. Um, they were headed for Boston, or possibly Salem, Mass, and somewhere around half or two thirds of the way through the voyage, these pirates came on board. And uh, it's you know, there are some of the earliest versions of the story say that that the mother gave birth at that point. So it makes sense that you know she may have, the stress may have helped you know her. her, 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 her forced her to go into labor, basically, which can happen, you know, under stress.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So she had the baby, the pirate captain uh, saw the baby. And as you said, she, uh, the pirate, um, his heart melted or whatever you wanna, you know, however you wanna put it. Mm-hmm. And he felt sympathy for these people. So he said, he told the mother, I will let everybody go if you promise to name the baby Mary. Some versions of the story say it was after his mother, some versions say after his wife. There's actually one version that says his sister too. So it depends on what you wanna believe but um anyway the mother promised and everybody was spared and as you said, she did. Uh, the mother was presented with gifts by the pirates, including a bundle of Chinese silk that was later used for, to make Mary's wedding dress. Pieces of that silk, have actually, it's actually cut up into a lot of pieces, and pieces are passed down in the family, and they're in several museums and libraries. There's one in the Henniker Library, one at the Henniker Historical Society, there's one at the New Hampshire Historical Society in Concord, and so forth. And I've seen all these pieces. They all look alike. Hey. Uh Textile experts have looked at them and said that they probably are, you know, material from that time period. So they say, you know, that the story is believable. Um, uh, Mary and her mother, her her father, um, James Wilson was his name, uh, died soon after they arrived in Boston, possibly of smallpox. Quite a few of these immigrants died of smallpox around mm-hmm. that time. And Mary and her mother, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Fulton Wilson, uh, went to Londonderry, New Hampshire, not to Hanneker. Lived, lived, Mary lived most of her life in Londonderry, New Hampshire. And they were part of a, a settlement there known as Nutfield at that time because of all the nut-bearing trees. And Nutfield was a huge area that now uh, encompasses like Manchester and Salem and Derry, Londonderry, Wyndham, I think that's about it. Um, so it was a really important settlement. Settlement actually, uh, Nutfield is the first place in North America where potatoes were planted by these uh, Scotch-Irish settlers. Uh-huh. Uh, which is kind of an interesting little little fact. And also, it was the first place where linens were manufactured in America. They grew flax, and they were expert weavers. They had built spinning wheels and stuff, so they they made linens. Uh, that was a large part of how they made a living. Um, and let's see, Mary, um, her mother died just a few years later. Uh, Mary helped raise a bunch of half siblings. Her mother had remarried and actually her second husband, Mary, uh, Elizabeth's (laughs) getting complicated. I hope it's not getting complicated, but her mother's second husband, her name was James Clark, was the great, great grandfather of Horace Greeley. You may have heard of. Yeah. Uh, A West young man, famous artist, Mm -hmm. Greeley. so there's a little bit of a tie-in there, too. (laughs) So um, anyway, so Mary did marry, as Ron said. uh, She married James Wallace in 1742. Mary and James had eight children. What's that? We know that, of course, that uh, he went on to
2: uh, free the Scots.
0: Uh, I think that was uh, wasn't William guy, right? Wallace. Yeah, <laughs> one of their sons was William Wallace, but I think right. that was it's not the guy that that Mel Gibson played. Oh uh, no! Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, you're <laughs> just off by a few hundred years, I think, but you're you're close. We'll, we'll give you a, we'll give you a C plus for that. I <laughs> don't no, no the name. So um, anyway, they had uh, eight kids. Mary had, uh, five lived to adulthood. Mary had 34 grandchildren.
3: Holy crap. <laughs> yeah,
0: nine great-grandchildren. Um, and she was described as, as tall and striking. And, and some, some versions say, some descriptions say she had like auburn hair. Some say red hair. But definitely, uh, you know, probably a very striking woman, about six feet tall. Okay, And this is, you know, this is a, a couple hundred years ago, and women were not six feet tall, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. Not,
0: that, not that that many are now but um and a couple of her sons at least were well over six feet uh one one account i've read says that said that at least one of them was six eight i'm not sure if that's accurate but they were they were quite tall uh, and a couple of their sons became quite prominent. One of them, uh, Robert, became a, a, a lawyer and judge and uh, selectman and, and uh, state representative and so forth. And he's actually the one who built the house that is known to a lot of people as the Oceanborn Mary House in Henneker. Uh, after Mary's husband died in 1791, a few years later, uh, she went to live with her other son, William, also in Henneker, uh, just maybe a mile away from Robert's house. But all the records you know, show that she lived with her son, William, and not not uh, with Robert. Um, oh. The house that she lived in with her son, William, no longer exists, although the foundation is still there. I just saw that a few months ago. <laughs> um, but the house that her son, Robert, built um, became known as the Oceanborn Mary House. <clears throat> Excuse me again, because Gus, Gussie Roy bought it uh, in 1916 and promoted it as the Oceanborn Mary House and as a haunted house. Uh-huh. So then then it takes – that. that's where the legend takes on a life of its own. And uh, Roy made up all these stories about – he claimed that the pirate actually built the house, that the pirate, after retiring from the sea, came to Henniker, built the house, and after Mary's husband died, uh, that she went to live with the pirate as his housekeeper. Okay. Uh, and that uh, the pirate had buried treasure either in the house or on the grounds – and that a rival pirate came to get the treasure and killed the pirate, who Gus Roy always called the pirate Don Pedro. And a lot of versions, you'll see that in almost every book. You know, every version of the story will usually refer to the pirate as Don Pedro, but that's a fictional name. And Roy even, you know, said so himself. But um, anyway, uh, he said the pirate was killed and buried beneath the hearthstone in the, uh, the kitchen of the house, and that the treasure, you know, remained to be found. Um so you know, and it goes on and on i i, I don 't know how much we want to get into the uh, the legends that Gus Roy started, but there 's a lot well, of
2: them. i mean the, the coolest thing that that Russ Roy did of course he would he would go out and rent you a shovel so you could go out in his backyard to find
0: the treasure yeah, I think for quite a while he was he he would charge us uh ten cents for a tour later on, it went up to twenty five cents. His mother lived with him by the way he he was from Wisconsin and he was actually a pretty accomplished photographer he was a, he was an interesting guy hmm. and um, um he uh he or his mother would give the tours. his mother would dress in like old fashioned clothes and shawls and stuff to almost like she was playing ocean born Mary you know <laughs> and uh people said she was very charming and it was a lot of fun to take a tour with with either of them um and uh, yeah, he would charge a dime or twenty-five cents for a tour, and he would charge another fifty cents for a shovel to dig in the property. Oh, yeah. And they say after time, like he owned, it was something like one hundred and thirty acres or something that oh, he owned my around God. the house, and it was all dug up. You know, eventually, there's hardly a square inch, square inch that wasn't dug up. You know, looking for the treasure, and nobody ever found anything. They had psychics looking, they had people, you know, dowsing rods and everything else. They, uh, constant newspaper articles about you know looking for the treasure and reports of the ghost and stuff. Uh-huh. But it was. All, it was all being fed, you know, to the reporters by Gus, Gus E. Roy. So, wow. Yeah. So
3: from 1916.
0: Until uh, he, he lived, to, lived well into the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the uh, the stories continued all during that time and kind of got more and more, you know, <laughs> grew bigger and bigger <laughs> as that time went on. So, and I, I kind of started out when I started working on the the book and you know finding out about Gussie Roy and how he made up these stories, and everybody believed them. I kind of almost saw him as a villain at first because he distorted the you know the truth of the story mm-hmm. but i i don 't think that way anymore. I think he was a pretty neat guy. I would love to go back and take a tour with him you know mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I actually read one account, one woman said that she and her daughter took a tour with him, and it was so exciting she thought he was such a great storyteller. Uh, her daughter uh, started, you know, developed a lifelong uh, interest in American history because of that tour. Hmm. Um, so she gave him a lot of credit.
2: It's well, uh, sort, of, sort of like our ghost tours at yeah, Fort Smith White House, right? Uh, um,
0: I like to think that we're more accurate. <laughs> At least I like to think that. Yeah, I, I that's hope true, so. But, yeah, but it's a little bit because, yeah. I mean, again, I have an open mind in the paranormal. I do believe that there are things we don't fully understand, and you know, a lot of a lot of that. Uh, you know, it's a big universe, basically. I believe, right. but. I also think that, um, you know, this type of story gets people's attention and um, it also it ho- hopefully gets them interested in the, in the history of a, a place and also in its preservation and that kind of thing. So right. it all goes together, you know, so, it really does.
3: So I guess so, the, the, the big, big question and, and what people, you know, have, have asked a couple times in the chat, so who who does haunt The ocean-born Mary
0: House. Well, I don't know if anybody does. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, I know that, like I told you about my my friend when he was a kid, supposedly his mother got a picture of a figure in the window. I don't. Maybe there was somebody really there. I don't know. You know, I can't say uh, the truth about that. Um,
3: Maybe it's the Roy's.
0: The I'll tell you. Well, maybe Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you that um, uh, after well, Gus Roy in his last years, he sold the house to a couple named David and Kareen Russell. And he still lived upstairs in the house for the last few years of his life, Although well, he actually died I think in a nursing home. But they continued for a while to promote the house as a haunted house, and they gave tours and actually, I know my friend's family took a tour with them mm-hmm. um, but later on, they denied that there there were any ghosts there they actually you know they went out of their way to uh, they actually sued or threatened to sue hans holzer he Corinne uh, Russell originally contacted Hans holzer and have had him come with a medium to explore the house. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, this medium thought, thought it was haunted. She claimed to um, actually. She almost, she, she, she almost uh, kind of lost it over the whole thing. In fact, uh, Holzer stopped working with her because he felt she was too obsessed with the case. She oh. felt that the ghost of Mary was following her, following her home, oh. and that she would actually become Mary and lose her own identity and all this stuff. So it got a little, you know, nutty. But oh. um, uh, but anyway, so Corrine Russell originally called, you know called them in to investigate the house, but later completely denied everything, said that Hans Holzer had made it all up. Um, but he had, you know, he had letters and, and audio tapes of her, you know, to prove otherwise. But um, uh, anyway, the Russell sold it to another couple, to Greg's who re- restored the house beautifully. It's an incredible house. I've been in it. It's an absolutely beautiful house. Mm-hmm. The current owners are a couple by the name of Stamps, <clears throat> and uh, they told me that um, there's nothing... They've, experienced, they've been there a few years now. They've experienced nothing odd except maybe an occasional squirrel in the attic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now I take them at their word, you know. Um, some people might think that they're they might not just – they don't want tourists there or they don't want investigators or whatever, so they might, they probably wouldn't say anything if they were experiencing anything. In any case, it's not available to investigators at this point, oh. so I want to make that clear. Okay. Um, but they're very nice people and and uh, done a wonderful job at the House. So, I you know, I mean, again, I have an open mind on these things. I think um, – A lot of uh, old houses certainly have stuff going on, you know, activity, whatever you want to call it. It's possible that this house does, but if it does, it probably doesn't relate to Mary herself, although she certainly would have visited her son there. She Mm -hmm. never actually lived there. A lot of people have lived there over the years. So, um, you know, if there's any sort of activity there, it most likely doesn't relate to her.
2: Actually, I would kind of disagree with you, uh, Jeremy. Okay. You're welcome to. Just, just because a, a spirit uh, didn't live in a particular building or well, was, no,
0: I, I know, yeah. does not mean that
2: uh, they couldn't haunt it. So, for instance, if it was her son's house, uh, perhaps uh, she just enjoyed being there, and perhaps she's still looking for him. Who knows? We don't. Perhaps. So he um,
0: Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out, but um, it seems like there was sort of a falling out. I, know, I wasn't able to find, like, real hard evidence, but... Uh, She definitely lived with her other son, William, in her last years, and Mary and William are buried right next to each other in one cemetery in Henneker, right next to the town hall. Mm -hmm. Robert's buried down the street in a different cemetery. And all the documents show that, you know, William was her caregiver and all this stuff. So, uh, you know, you have to wonder if there was some sort of falling out in the family or something. But But she probably, um, you know, I'd, I'd be really surprised if she never visited there. She most likely did.
3: Right. Right. Yeah. And we have um, some of the people in the chat are talking about, um, do you think that there's, there's a well, I guess there's a theory that um, if enough people project the idea of someone haunting a place, it could happen. And
0: That's a real interesting idea. Oh, yeah. What do you uh, think about that, Ron? I don't know the answer to that. It's a real interesting very Well, nobody interesting knows yet. the answers. If we know all the answers, it's boring. of.
2: That's
0: right. Have you heard
2: of cases like that where you there, think... Kind of actually, There was actually supposedly a, an experiment uh, that was done, and you know me in details. Once it goes in my brain, I can never remember the exact stuff. Uh, but basically what they did is they created a legend, and uh, they brought people in and... Uh, You know, they all experienced this ghost, the the shot of it. They all experienced this ghost, according to the legend, even though it had never happened. And the the house took on, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Uh, like evidence that it was haunted by this whole uh, legend thing. So, in other words, they created the the ghost.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So I mean, that's that's kind of worse. I mean, if if you look at it, when when, for instance, if you are with a, a group of people, and uh, y- you know, somebody says there's a ghost over there, and somebody says, oh yeah, yeah, well, well, you know, they're uh, they end up uh, all seeing. I mean, I, um, when uh, what's his name, uh, Karen O'Keefe was here last year. He always tells a great story. It. Uh, uh, most haunting ones, when I'm Miss Haunted, uh, Yvette would go, Oh! Did you see that? She, you know, she'd say, Did you see that? And then, uh, you know, uh, the guy next to him would say, Yeah, I saw that. And then the next one down the line would say, Yeah, I saw that. The next one down the line would say, Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, the, the cameraman would say, No, I didn't, but it came from over there. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: But, I mean, it's the same thing as, you know, seeing the Virgin Mary. In the window, you know, the, 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 the whatever, the mist or whatever. And yeah. And it becomes a mass, you know, everybody's mass like, oh my God, it's the Virgin Mary. And then 80,000 other people all think it's also the Virgin Mary. But
2: the, I, question, the question yeah. is, though, is it the Virgin Mary?
3: Right. But what, I think is, it's mist it, in the window, but that's just me.
2: But wait a minute. That's, I mean, no, it may be mist in the window, right? That might be the actual physical uh, what caused it. But uh-huh. the thing is, what created it is that Mary uh, projecting herself there using the mist in the window. This is pretty much what EVP is, taking noise on a, on a recorder and manipulating mm-hmm. it. So isn't she taking that mist and manipulating it to make her face on it so that it's assigned to certain people? Mm-hmm. And why, why don't everyone see it? Uh, maybe they're not supposed to see it. Maybe it's only for certain people. Maybe. We don't know. We wow. don't know. I mean, everybody has their theories. And uh, uh, that the whole thing is you, you've got to look at different ways of explaining things, not just strictly scientific. Because if you look at stri- strictly scientific and you say, okay, that can't possibly the, be the Mary," because it's missed the window. But that's not necessarily true.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, sorry. What is oh. that? <laughs> It's my cell phone,
3: sorry, sorry
2: huh. <laughs> so any anyways uh, there there have been cases where uh um they have created ghosts using a storyline, and uh, you know that's basically what urban legends have become they become real legends become real right,
3: mm-hmm. right well, you know that's what happens you know
2: right and and, and actually when when Jeremy and I do these. Goes to us uh, for the Friends of Portsmouth Lighthouse. In fact, we have one this weekend, Jeremy. Do we have any openings left tonight?
0: Uh, for Saturday night at uh, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse and Fort yep. Constitution? We have not many openings. It's almost sold out. There are three tours: seven o'clock, eight forty-five, and ten thirty. And the ten thirty still has like six spaces left. That's all that's left. Um, but it's and that's our, our last haunted tours for this year. So grab the spaces while they're while they're hot while they're right. still there.
2: But one yeah. of the things we always mm-hmm. do, we go through the fort and and we and and Jeremy always talks about the Sally Port and then right in the middle of the thing and I say, Well, you you know whether the Sally Port got its name. It was named after
0: Sally Port, the inventor of the English Muffet. And, and, and I oh. always I always laugh, but I'm not gonna laugh now. I I I think I And then <laughs> I, and then I've, I've laughed uh, too many times at that joke.
2: And then uh, <laughs> Basically, there's a pause, and then I say, of course, I know this is true because I've read it on the Internet. Uh. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, is, is that just like the Internet, um, you know, somebody will post something, it's erroneous, and it gets posted again and again and again and right. again, and then it becomes true. Right.
0: right. That certainly is what's happened with the Ocean Born Mary story. Mm-hmm. You know, Roy's story's been repeated in so many so many books that it's become, you know, quote, fact. Um, but actually, you know, the truth of the story, and we haven't talked completely about the truth of the story, is, is at least as interesting as the, the stuff that he made up. There's a lot more to the – there is more to the story. I don't know if okay. I want to – you know, I know we don't have a lot of time left, and I don't know if we want to talk about all of it tonight. Oh, but, yeah,
2: we absolutely. Go ahead.
0: If you want to go yeah, into – But yeah, I just want to say that the uh, – the the pirate in the story you'll read and a lot of sources a lot of like i said uh roy came up with the name don pedro he actually wrote his own version of the like a self-published book you know in the 30s 1935 he wrote his opus you know it wasn't like a full book but maybe Twenty or thirty pages long, or something, and he gave like a backstory. He had all this the stuff that happened. to He made up names. He changed the name. He called her Jane instead of Mary, and all this stuff. <laughs> and had a backstory in Ireland, and and uh, all these these dueling, you know, romantic, you know, entanglements and everything. And he, he, Don Pedro in his story was a former lover of Mary or Jane or whatever her name was, <laughs> and came back later as a pirate disguised. And he she didn't recognize him at first, but it's the, you know he had been her lover and all this stuff. Or oh, the lover of the Mother, not the daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that makes more sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, anyway, um, uh, so anyway, that name Don Pedro gets repeated, you know, over and over again. You'll also see a lot of sources where the, the name Philip Babb is given for the pirate, mm-hmm. and that actually started in 1939 with a children's book, Oceanborn Mary, by Lois Lenski, who was a really popular children's book author. Her children's books are not like the what what I think of usually as a children's book. Her, she, her books are like four hundred pages long, oh. <laughs> but, and she illustrated them herself. It's like a young adult's novel, you know. Oh, right. But in her story, she had uh, Mary living in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, which she never did and, you know, had very little to do with the real story. But she called the pirate Philip Babb, and she admitted herself at the end of the book where she, you know, wrote about the true story. She said that she just liked the sound of that name. He was a a real man who lived in the Isles of Shoals off the New Hampshire coast, and some people thought he might have been a pirate. So she she liked the sound of the name, and she decided to make him the pirate in her story. So that was picked up by a lot of other people. So you'll find, you know, on the Internet and a lot of books, people saying that Philip Babb was the pirate who uh, boarded the ship when, when Mary was born. But anyway, I did, you know, through my research, I I found, you know, records of of ships that came into New England at that time from Northern Ireland and found uh, a record of one that was attacked by pirates right around the time Mary was born. And at first the dates didn't seem to mesh, but I I figured out that they actually do mesh, and that gets a little complicated, so I won't go into that now. But there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that actually pointed to the pirate being one of the most famous pirates of all time, and it's never been written about before. And I don't know if I should give it away tonight for the first oh. time publicly, or say let people tell people that need to read the book to find out. They got to
2: read the book. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: that's kind well. of mean, isn't it? Or or is it? I don't know. it's like a
3: cliffhanger, don't. right?
0: Yeah. Huh? Um. I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Blackbeard or Captain Kidd, but it was he's right right up there. If anybody mm-hmm. knows about pirate lore. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. So.
3: Where can they get your book? you need to tell them where you can get
0: uh, it. book? Uh, it's getting into stores now. It just came out a couple of weeks ago. It's published by the History Press. It's on, it's on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com and, you know, a lot of those things. Great. And uh, I believe it's now getting into, uh, you know, all the major bookstores. Um, I've got a couple of – just just today I uh, got a couple of uh, gigs where uh, one lecture I'll be ta- speaking at the Hennerker Historical Society about all of this um, and signing books – on November I'm looking at my book here to remember the date. <laughs> um November sixth in the on the in the afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon. I don't know the exact time yet, but if you look at you know I'm sure it'll be on the Henaker Historical Society website. So November sixth. And also um, you know, on September eighth, uh <clears throat> the evening of Thursday, September eighth at seven o'clock, I'll be at the River Run bookstore in Portsmouth, in downtown Portsmouth. Uh, signing copies as well. So just wanted to get that in. Excellent, <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, uh, I'll leave speaking it a mystery of, for it now it, as far as the it. As far of, far
2: actually, you know what we're going to do, Jeremy?
0: What's that?
2: You uh, are going to reveal for the first time who this pirate was on our pirate cruise on August 20th.
0: I like the way you think, sir. There you go.
2: <laughs> All right. Awesome. All
0: right. Okay, it's a deal. Very cool.
2: So, yeah. I mean, how can it not? we are got a pirate ghost cruise on August 20th, and we're talking about pirates, we're talking about ghosts,
3: and
0: we're going to reveal the secret mm-hmm. name. It actually amazed me that nobody ever came to the same conclusion before. It's like nobody followed through with the research before. Because, <laughs> you know, it, when I stumbled onto it, I thought, geez, how did something that nobody know this? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I t- I won't give any more hints. No,
3: don't give, exactly. don't give it away.
2: Don't give it away. So come on, so come, ar- come August 20th. I think mm-hmm. we've got about half the tickets sold. So uh the boat's going to hold I think no more than 40. I I know that. Okay. And uh it's a pirate ship and I will be there. I will be dressed as a pirate. I am. Can't wait. Uh, yep, I am. Oh yeah. I will be there as a pirate. Wow.
3: I want to see the pictures.
0: I, I, I plan to dress as a okay. historian. All right. <laughs> Uh, knowing you, they'll it's never know fun. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll throw an eye patch on for fun. There you so, go. Do Do we
3: have another? I just I wanted to ask Jeremy what What prompted you to write this book? Is it Is what made you want to do that? Money.
0: This? Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice money. Well, actually, no. You know, I mean, Ron, I don't need to tell you that it's pretty hard to make a lot of money writing right. writing a, a book unless you're Stephen King or somebody like that. But um. Right. Uh, you know, it was an interest of mine, but it wasn't something – I, I would never plan to write a book on it. Um, but um, – somebody, somebody at the door, before, Ann. you want to get that? <laughs> Ding
3: dong. I'll get it. I'll be right back.
0: It must be Oceanborn Mary. It's yeah. her. Uh, but anyway, uh, then um, – a year or so ago, something like that, um, I was contacted by the history press, and they actually asked me if I wanted to write the book, so I was approached by them.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, they were
0: ta- had been talking to somebody else who who kind of recommended me, uh, you know, when they weren't able to do the book. Oh. Um So I, it's my ninth book. Um, seven of my books are about lighthouses. Uh, the, uh, the last one last year was on shipwrecks of the main coast, and now this. And this was a real fun change of pace. It really was.
3: Excellent.
0: It was my big winter project last year.
3: <laughs> well, that's excellent. I think it, it's an excellent topic, and it kind of it links into everything else you do.
0: Yeah, yeah it's still kind of maritime. Right. Yeah.
2: And, and the, the thing about it, it, there is a lot of controversy about it. No one knows the true story, and I think if anybody's going to get any close to the
0: true story, it would be you, definitely. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I tried, and I, I don't want to spoil the fun, uh, you know, Um I hope people don't think I'm spoiling the story, because like I said, there's enough truth to the story that's still a lot of fun. And Gus Roy's stories are fun, too, and they should just be taken in that spirit. And uh, like I said, I would would have loved to have taken a tour with him. He used to um, drag chains around sometimes to make spooky sounds, (laughs) and they say he'd hear rats on the walls, and he'd say those were psychic noises.
2: Well, I know know we're just uh about out of of time. Okay. Um,
0: I'll stop but, uh, there, but there's a lot I, more. I,
2: I do have one more gift for our, our listeners. Uh-huh. And uh, first of all, I want to thank Jeremy Dittondrom very much for being on the show, and your yes, website is.
0: You're wonderful. You're welcome. Thank you, Ann and Ron. Yay. Thanks very much. You're your website good. is? Uh, my Lighthouse website is lighthouse.cc and also newinglandlighthousetours.com. New England mm-hmm. And a few others. Uh, <laughs> how many do you want me to mention? Um, yeah, you
2: can. And, of course, you can uh, also like us. On our uh, X-Trek Paranormal Journey page on Facebook, as well. Yes. You still there? Oh, me? Oh. oh, oh, What? What? Okay, that's that. The beast still here. We're all still here. All right. So, anyways, one quick question to both of you, and and that is, have you ever seen a naked ghost? <laughs> Not that I know of. There is a theory that ghosts are naked. Well, I have actually. Posted a picture of a naked ghost on our Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. So if you go on there now, and if you don't like us, like us now because we have a naked ghost on our page. So there you go. Okay. On that so, note, I night, have, everybody. I have nothing
0: to say to that.
2: And, and next next week we have uh, we will be uh, doing a, with the live investigation that's uh, Pensacola Lighthouse in Florida. So good night. God bless.
1: From ghoulies to ghosties,
0: long leggedy
1: beasties things that go bump in the night deliver us